0: Hello, my friends is Andy Falco Jimenez with my mate oh it's only Hediameramadi apparently I'm not here
1: <laughs> see you didn't change it at time
0: <laughs> what happened um we are here for the living fearless devotional don't worry about our names that's not important the only thing that's important is god is in the room What's that i don't know it's,
1: it's new a, it's a new button
0: it's a new button i got i was just looking at the same thing that's kind of why i was distracted um how are you my love
1: i'm good thanks
0: uh, we don't have our URL up there um, because we're using a different back- background. But, oh,
1: uh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. ResurrectMinistry.com You can find all of our content there. Uh, you can drop us a line, say hello, ask for prayers, uh, give us some words of wisdom. We love to hear from you. If you want to say something mean, just couch it in something nice. You take that too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't mind.
1: And uh, we put up a bunch of new books if you want to find something interesting to read. And if you've never met the Lord uh, visit the website and we hope that you can have a radical encounter. He'll meet you where you are. Absolutely. God is, God is amazing that way.
0: Thank you for your patience. We had a few people message us, ask us where we were last yeah. night. We had a cheerleading competition or that yes. no, was a competition it was showcase a showcase. It was a long. Lot, oh my gosh. A lot of,
1: a lot of a cheering, lot of
0: cheering. <laughs> a lot of sitting around too.
1: A lot of sitting around. We, we just, didn't do any cheering. No, we, we did a lot of sitting. Around. I
0: did. I, I didn't want to, I, I, I didn't leave. No, because they said they didn't want the athletes leaving, so I <laughs> I stuck around. Yes, you had to be there. Um, and then what else did we do? What did we do the day before that? That caused us not to come on
1: life group. No,
0: Monday was life group. Yeah, Monday was life group. Yeah. Tuesday was election night. We went to a watch party for our, our candidates before we went. Oh, that's right. We did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it hasn't been Let's that long. Started. Why was everybody so worried?
1: Well, I was trying to that think. Wait, they were excited.
0: Oh, I see. Let's see who's commenting. We got Carrie. Hi. How are you doing, Carrie? News. What's a
1: slab leak, Carrie?
0: Dealing That's with like, it. When, when Oh yeah, basement? those aren't good. Now I've had a slab leak.
1: What's a slab leak.
0: It's when your stomach. No. <laughs> no. Uh, on the on the on the ground underneath your flooring oh. of your house is a slab of cement. Yeah.
1: And does that leak?
0: Well, there's pipes that run through that cement uh, sometimes, and then there's yes. a leak. And then it's hard to get to, hard to fix. Yes, you have to go through the cement. Uh, if that's the same thing that we're talking about, um, that little that one on the recording button is. is, is yeah, are you st- if you push it. something's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yes, you sorry. On our on our side, there's something new in the software that we're using. All right, we're reading from. Um, sorry, I get rid of this. We're reading from Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon, and. For November 11th, the reference is Deuteronomy 33, 27. This portion of that that, um, part of the Bible says, underneath are the everlasting arms. Thank God. What do you think that means, love?
1: That no matter what, no matter where, how the depths that we reach, his everlasting arms are supporting us underneath us. We are supported by the everlasting arms. That's interesting.
0: I think I like this. Yeah. So let's get to it. Charles Spurgeon says, God, the eternal God, is himself our support at all times, especially when we are sinking into deep trouble. There are seasons in a Christian's life when he sinks quite low in humiliation, under a profound sense of his own great sinfulness, and because he feels so worthless in his own eyes, he is humbled before the Lord until he scarcely knows how to pray. Dear child of God, remember at times like these, even when you are at your very worst and lowest, underneath you are the everlasting arms. However, low sins may drag you,
1: however low
0: sin sin may drag you, Christ's great atonement is is still fully under you. Perhaps you have descended to the depths of the ocean, but you cannot have you cannot have fallen beyond the reach of his salvation for he is able to save completely and sometimes a christian will sink very low again due to some severe trial from without one where every earthly prop seems to be pulled away what will happen then even then underneath him are the everlasting arms a believer cannot fall so deep into distress and affliction that the covenant Grace of our ever faithful God will be unable to encircle him. A Christian may also be sinking due to troubles from within, but regardless of how fierce the conflict, he cannot fall so low as to be beyond the reach of the everlasting arms. They are still underneath him, and as long as they sustain him, Satan's efforts to harm him will come to no avail. This assurance of God's support should be a true comfort to every weary but earnest servant in his service. It implies the Lord's promise of strength for each day, grace for each need and power for each duty. (laughs) Spam. Spam is calling me. Uh, It implies the Lord's promise of strength for each day's grace, for each, I'm sorry, I went on to another sentence there. It implies the Lord's promise of strength for each day, grace for each need and power for each duty. And even with death comes to us, when, when death comes to us, his promises still hold true. When we are crossing over Jordan, we will be able to say with David, I, feel fear, I will fear no evil, for you are with me.
1: You're having a couple of fun today, huh? <laughs> that
0: must be this new drink I got. It looks like, <laughs> looks like something else. We will descend to the grave through death, but we will go no lower. For the eternal arms will prevent our fall. Throughout this life and even at its close, we will be upheld by the everlasting arms. Arms that neither tire nor lose their their strength. For the Lord is the everlasting God. He will not grow tired or weary. (sighs) (sighs)
1: Sorry,
0: that was a a hard one. Um, A lot of it, I got to tell you, to be honest with you, is that my mind begins to think because it speaks to me a little bit and then I can't get focused back because I'm busy thinking about what's uh, what's coming to mind. A lot of it is personal. Me too. I'm not sure that I could share some of it, but I, I actually, you know what? I ended up sharing anyway. Go ahead. It just reminds me of our discussion the other night. I don't know, we, we were just uh, maybe driving, I think to the cheerleading or something like that. I think it came up where um, I had I I had been reminded of something that I read in this book about David's men, not trusting him after he had taken them off the war and, and spent three days fighting this, uh, this battle. And then even celebrating before they even came back, they, they took even a a minute to, well, we are, we are amazing warriors (laughs) and celebrated probably had a little bit to drink. (laughs) And when they came back to their town, it was, it decimated. was it, it decimated and and the children and the, and the women were gone. And, and the men who said to, I guess felt David had led them away and kept them away too long. They lost trust in him. Right. And so in that story, I was reminded of when I divorced the kid's uh, mom and when we separated and that I felt that I had lost their trust um, and had to Actually, just, I remember sitting down, everything was gone in the house. <laughs> we had no furniture.
1: And you didn't divorce her. She divorced you. Yeah,
0: everything was, it was, everything was gone. Um, that, uh, and so we sat on the ground and they, you know, said, no. what happened? You know, what went wrong? <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> and I felt it took a good few years to gain their trust. And I was, as I was reading this, I w- it was hard because I was kind of bouncing trying to stay focused, but I was thinking about that so much of this lowness that I had felt and that I would, then I would come back and then I would, something would happen either at work or with a business or even with a relationship that I had tried, you know, in, during that period, after the separation, and divorce, they would all fall apart again. And I would <laughs> sink lower. Then I would come back up again, like, like a fish, you know, towards the <laughs> surface, like a whale. And then, and then didn't come right back down again it it, this whole it's so funny because this book that's why i went and got this book that's called take it back um this chapter that i read yesterday was almost not the the story
1: was was it
0: is that you know you have to repent and ask god for forgiveness and and just understand that his love is there no matter what it is that you do and no matter how far you sink as long as you keep coming back to him amen the the easy thing to do that I was talking about yesterday on a on the other show that I do is that some men you, you know they, they, they blame God they get mad and they 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 go even deeper into their into their flesh and that is obviously the wrong thing to do but if if you just keep coming back and, and then go okay okay I got it this time and 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 really work hard to live as God wants us to live then he'll lift you up and uh and bring you to the place that he wants you to be Amen. and uh, you just have to continue to fight for it
1: so for me the way uh, the reason some of these comments are so uh, profound or so, some of the statements that he makes is I have felt that feeling where you sink in a place that's so low and I and this has happened to me as a Christian where you the way I learned about it is that we as Christians, cause we have such great hope in Christ. We feel like we can't show that we break and we feel like we, we can't often be honest of our very, very low points. And oftentimes we take that secrecy to God and we don't break down to God either. Mm-hmm. And as a consequence, we continue to do things in our own strength And what I found to be the most powerful is to collapse for God and just be like, I don't. And even the Bible tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us that even when you don't know how to pray, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will groan, will have groanings and prayers on your behalf. But you still bring it to the feet of Jesus because he will fill all the broken places. And I used to have that prayer always that said, Oh Lord, fill all my um, empty places with Your holy name. Mm. And it's it's basically so. What Spurgeon's trying to tell us here is that here it says, and sometimes a Christian sinks so low from a severe trial that every earthly prop seems to be pulled away. And the Lord will sometimes do that even on purpose, so you don't prop yourself up anymore mm. on earthly things. That you just turn to Him because. And and I'm trying to get what I'm trying to convey is that there has to be an honesty in the brokenness. If we don't honestly confess the brokenness to God, he can't fill the empty places. He can't fill the broken places because you're saying, God, I can't I can't show you this one. Um, I am too ashamed, I'm too humiliated. I can't show you this. But it's when we show him those that we come to him with those broken places that he can fill them. And it's, I I explained it to one of my friends. I was like, it's when uh, he tells us to stand in the Ephesians, in the um, scripture Ephesians six about God, the armor of God. Mm -hmm. He's just saying repeatedly to us to stand and when the enemy attacks, stand. And so it's just this ability to let the difficulty and the trials wash over you and still standing in God's love and in, in his grace until it passes. You know, but oftentimes we either try to fix it uh, in our own strength, which can oftentimes make it worse because they're usually a fleshly response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's or it's um, we we dive so deep in the hole, thinking that the hole can consume us, but it can't, because when we are a child of God, He will not let any of the uh, He will not let say Satan overtake us. He His everlasting arms are always beneath us. The best example of that is Job, where. God just took, I mean, you know, he allowed Satan to take and to take and to take and to hurt and to hurt. But he wanted him to know at the very end that I am the ground beneath you. I am the arms that hold you. So that you get to the point of knowing that there's nothing that can come at you. That there's nothing that can ultimately break you because he's holding you. But oftentimes he'll keep trying to break you Um, Till you realize that ultimate surrender, that he is the only one that can hold you up. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. I don't know if I conveyed that well, but um, (laughs) I actually used to read Psalm 23. So I want to read the whole thing because it's part of uh, one of the passages. But so if you take... uh, some of these verses and think about it as the evils being the evils in yourself. So not enemies as an external enemy, but an enemy, the the evils of your temptation and sin um, that live within yourself. And think about that as I read this. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, not forage through green pastures, but lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters and he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. So again, say that, that imagery of the still waters and the pastures saying that when all hell breaks loose, <laughs> it's God that's going to lead me to that green pastures and to still waters. For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Those things that he gives us to fight, basically. You you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So all the enemies of of my past, all the enemies of my mind, the things that still haunt me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, but you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I would read that when I was at my absolute lowest and just remind myself that God is laying a table for me in the presence of all my enemies, my my anger, my fear of failure, my past failures. And he says, daughter, I anoint your head with oil, because oil was the way that they sanctified the prophets and mm-hmm. the holy ones and say, I anoint your head with oil and your cup runs over because Christ is in you and you have it overflows if you allow it to. And that in the end, goodness and mercy, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And ultimately, I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so there's just something um, important to be learned in the crushing. <laughs> Deuteronomy 33:27 The eternal God is your refuge again underneath all the, uh, underneath are his everlasting arms and he will drive out your enemies before you saying destroy them. And again think enemies. Not just external enemies, but your internal enemies. Hebrews 7:25 and this is great commentary on this. Therefore he is able to save completely that's the Lord Jesus Christ those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them and the commentary is that we often interpret this scripture to mean that this is the power of salvation but it's not so much his role as savior as that of high is that is of high priest there is no danger that any believers will be lost their eternal se- security rests in his perpetual intercession for them so he's able to save them for all time because his present ministry for them at God's right hand can never be interrupted by death. And the writer is actually speaking of Christ's work in saving saints from the power of sin. So that's why we're even still living. So it's not just the eternal salvation which is secured, but constantly interceding for us in our day-to-day lives of sin and difficulty. Right. And then uh, last, Isaiah 40:28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. That's another comforting thing, right? That he never grows weary of listening to us complain or to carry our burdens or um, all the things that he does to lift us up every day. Right.
0: This up the entire time. Uh, and uh, Gary says,
1: "Amen." What a great encouragement! <laughs> I needed that. I'm so glad. So I want to yeah. read.
0: I want to read this portion of this book and then kind of finish uh, up on a little bit of where I ended up in my story. Okay. Um, but I'm I think sorry, it, did I interrupt you? No, not at all. No, I just I, I'm doing a two-parter. It was okay. like a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Good.
0: <laughs> but first, I need to put on my glasses. Uh, and. It goes down to where uh, in this particular chapter, so again, just in case you're just joining, but this book is called Take It Back because of the green screen it's acting odd on the thing there. The subtitle is uh, Reclaiming Biblical Masculinity, The Heart and Strength of Being a Man by Dr. Tim Clinton and Max Davis. So, sorry, got to get around the microphone there. And... It says here, you know, I was talking about David and the men didn't trust him. And here in the book, it says, in that moment, the men began to release their bitterness and anger towards David as they decided to go back and rescue uh, the men, and the, the, the children and the women and get their plunder back. Yes. And they got everything back. Uh, but what had happened is David decided, you know, this time I'm going to, what he, what he didn't do before the battle is pray to God and ask for, ask for direction. Yes. Ask for his encouragement, ask for his protection. And the men saw him doing that. And so uh, in that moment, the men began to release their bitterness and anger towards David and channel it, refocusing it toward the goal. They could see and sense God's favor on their leader. The same will happen to you. When you strengthen yourself in the Lord, the people around you will begin to notice and have confidence Mm -hmm. in your steps uh, steps to new life. When David said, we must go and fight and take it all back, they took action. They did something. We must do something. There is a time to weep. There is a time to seek God's face. Then there is a time to dry the tears, grab your sword, and do battle. Oh God! <laughs> I love that part. But so, as I was telling Hedya yesterday, is that I I sensed early on after the divorce, that um, well the separation and then the eventual divorce is that the kids were. You know, I knew that they loved me. I knew that they kind of, you know, they liked doing some of the things we are doing, but I felt there was this hesitant to trust. And when I would give advice or say, don't do that because there was going, yeah, but you, you, you failed. (laughs) Who are you to tell me what to do? Uh, You big failure. Now they never said that, but you could tell there's that hesitation. Like, really? (laughs) Am I, should I really take advice from somebody who put us through a whole bunch of shenanigans? And we were living in a house with Sorry. nothing in it, right? Yeah. And even I felt. And I think most of that was me talking to myself. But who <laughs> knows what was going on? But as time went on, and as it says here, is that once once they see
1: you turn to God and, you, turn to God
0: <laughs> and you begin to pray, and you lead prayer at dinner time, or you lead prayer at bedtime, uh, and they see us in a devotional, and they they see how. Um, important it is to go to church and to uh, go to church as a family and you continue on that path for a period of time. And it has to be a concerted effort. Did I say that right? Concerted Mm -hmm. effort. (laughs) It sounded funny. Um, That trust will come back. Yes. And And it it takes time. And it is a beautiful thing to see the children learning, uh, you know, from us being that example that God wants us to be. Not the bad example, because they saw the bad example for several years. My, you know, my oldest daughter saw it a lot longer than the other kids. The 16-year-old was um, about nine when the separation, the divorce occurred. And then we go down to my youngest was about two and a half. Um, And so the two younger ones, you know, they didn't notice that much. But my older...
1: And also, they also saw, you know a little bit of the shenanigans, even after you were divorced, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You weren't walking with, no, you were in a church, but you weren't that's walking. Why, that's why, them. that's why it took seven years
0: for them to trust me. <laughs> so that's the point I was going to get is that the sooner that you can, and this was my message to the men yesterday on the podcast is that do it, do it better than I did it. It took me seven years of this. <laughs> um, and then this, <laughs> and then and then come back up. Um, but once I understood, and once I repented and asked for forgiveness, um, it, it happens pretty quickly after that. It, it, it's it's us that makes it, it, it takes
1: so long. But even, yeah, so for from that point, it's still like a good two, three years. I mean, it takes a long time for people who know you a certain way, mm-hmm. and for you to get born again, um, we have a friend in our life group who's going through this now too, we're seeing him at, at his early stages where we were, you know, four and a half, five years ago, that it's hard for them to be like, okay, so you got dunked in some water. Like, what does that have to do with me? You know, it's, they really don't, they don't know the new man or woman. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be patient and compassionate that they don't know that person. Yeah you know, it took me a good, I mean, it's not since we've been married. So it took me like a good three years for my daughter to even believe I was staying home. You know what I mean? She's like, Oh, I've heard this one already. I I know your story lady. You know know what I mean? Yeah. And so she was just like, you know, just showing for her, it was just showing up. It was being there like every day. And then, you know, being there and not being angry every day, you know? So it was like, Day in, day out, it was the consistency, it was the dependability. Mm. You know, it was, it's really demonstrating to, uh, you know, loved ones that were dependable people. So
0: it's one thing we talk about a lot here, and that is building your relationship with God. But it's, you want to build your relationship with, with God so that you can build a relationship with your loved ones, right. with God. Right. It's completely different than building a relation, trying to build a relationship in your flesh feel right most, most assuredly not failed. so good at it yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> for one reason or another
0: and even when they push back a little bit you know i'm gonna go to church or um you know oh really i can't say these words anymore or whatever it is i just stick with it i i don't have i don't have uh hesitation to just go that's just how it is now yeah <laughs> and uh and even though but it it it, it breaks through Because I think we even said this once before where even now they'll say something when I, when I say something, you know, that I'm not supposed to go, Hey, I thought you said, we couldn't say that. Yeah. "Ah, yeah, I like that. I like that you cut that because now they're holding me accountable too. Yes. And, uh, and instead of getting mad you just go, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. Absolutely. Uh, So it's really
1: important. Oh, I apologize to my daughter regularly, (laughs) regularly because I lose my temper still way more often than I should. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have talked like that. You know, because they have to see humility in us too. Yeah. Otherwise, we, say, we sound hypocritical to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. It's insincere.
0: Say hi to Iris, who just hi, joined Iris. us a little bit late, but that's okay. Better late than never. And Michael's on. Hi, Hello, Michael. Michael. Nice to good see evening. you. Good evening. Very good. Um,
1: Anybody oh, man. else? Our friends are very, yeah. are you guys all thinking?
0: yeah what do you think
1: yeah you
0: can't be the only we can't be the only ones who go through this (laughs) is is that possible
1: impossible impossible
0: so i would like for a moment because i don't we haven't had really a chance to to think about it we went on during the election but we didn't talk about some of the things that were happening um i I just want to ask you about your article that came out on thursday uh it was it was i don't know i guess it was timely it it
1: we were still in the mid- middle of our election chaos.
0: <laughs> and then we also had a discussion about the, the speaker at Friends Church.
1: We already did talk about that. Yeah,
0: but it, it's still one of those things that the, the, the thing that we want to get to is how is it, what, what role does God play in our decision-making for uh, when we vote to uh, how we participate in politics? As a Christian, is it something that do the two mix? Uh, How does that relate to you? And how does it relate to your article that you
1: wrote? And actually me and al Hunter did our remnant rising story on this too. Uh, And so if you take the Bible in its entirety, so we are not people who believe that the new Testament abrogates or nullifies the old Testament. It's all God's word. It's all breathed by the Holy spirit. Uh, So if we take it in its entirety, though Christians are no longer under the penalty of the law, Jesus came to fulfill the law and told us, if you love me, follow me. If you love love me, follow my commandments. That's how I will know that you love me. Mm -hmm. And so if if you take that um, into our daily lives, then our first obedience is to Christ. And when that comes to how we make decisions, see that the difficulty comes, for me, the legislation, things like Prop 1 in in the United States, I mean, in California about abortion, that's a no-brainer. That is clearly scripture versus non-scripture. We vote scripture. God doesn't want to kill the unborn. That's a no. Uh, But when it comes to political candidates, that becomes a little dice here because one, not the entire platform is something that we could, we uphold as biblical commandments, but I think we're at this stage, we're at a critical stage in the United States that is similar to what the German Christians, I mean, I don't want to say it's as bad as the Holocaust, of course not, because millions of people died, but um, we're at at a crossroads in this country where Christians have to put biblical values first in order to turn around um, the policies that are really extremely detrimental, that's earning God's wrath. And that if we don't, we need to look at the examples of what God did to the Israelites throughout time, constantly warning them, you must obey my scripture. You must obey what I my commandments on you. And that if we continue to ignore god's commandments whether it's sodomy homosexuality uh the gender of children multiple genders other than male and female um marriage between a man and a woman um the over sexualization of kids mm-hmm. if we don't start acting and speaking out against these policies god will take our silence as, as a acceptance. church acceptance or as an as individual a yeah. as a church and as christians our pastor jack hibbs um posted the other day after the election saying that the defeat of prop one, the enactment of prop one is a failure of the churches Mm -hmm. because not enough pastors in California said, you have to defeat this bill. Christians, you know what I mean? Because this is God's wrath upon um, a nation who so blatantly uh, disobeys his commandments. Mm. And so
0: well, we just saw that. I mean, we go to two churches, right? Essentially. One church, we heard it. I don't think constantly is 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 exaggerated.
1: Continuously, yes.
0: (laughs) Every time that we over the last several months that Jack or even one of the other pastors spoke, they brought up that we needed to vote no and why we needed to vote no and some other things that we needed to know why we need to vote no. Uh, And then the other church, we didn't. We heard nothing, not a peep, not a handout not a shame not in the coffee shop prior to the church um nothing what a what a difference between the two i'm oh, sorry between the two approaches buildings
1: mm-hmm.
0: because we are one church but one one building that houses some of the church uh it was a constant matches on another one uh, absolutely nothing is heard it's a shame um in your research, I'm not sure if you can answer this or not, but in your research for your article, which was fantastic, by the way. Thank you. If you haven't seen it, go to christianpost.com, type in Heddy's name in the search, and you'll find it. Um, you remember the title?
1: Because
0: uh, you don't title America ones,
1: <laughs> has a long history of biblical values.
0: So in your research, when, do you know when this changed or why it changed? What, do you have anything? Because, I mean, we had the Black robe Regimen. We had, you know, it, the, the churches were quite political. Um I mean, they were much like Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, where they had the polling booth in the in the lobby of, right. of the and and do you do you have any idea of when that began to change? Or uh, why I think
1: it's the 1900s. It's all it's the way um, the First Amendment, the Establishment Clause started to become interpreted hmm. because, I mean, we say in D.C., the political problem came from the rise of secularism and especially in the State Department, our Foreign Service officers. And the State Department as an institution became extremely secular. And America, as it moved towards secularism, pulled God progressively more out of its policy. And as a consequence, um, it led, it trickled down to the cities and the states and and everywhere else Mm -hmm. in the country where football coaches were getting fired for praying. You know, and that was never, I mean, that's what I tried to convey in the article. That was never the intention. The First Amendment was never intended to separate um, God from the country. It was to protect God from the state and its abuse. So it was supposed to prevent from a Church of England type institution from being created so that religion and then banning religious freedom. They wanted people to have the religious liberty to pray and to worship God in whatever Mm -hmm. Christian denomination there may be. Or any other religion, because there was no compulsion um, in choosing Christ, and so they they were hoping to protect the sanctity of biblical values, but it later got interpreted to kick out biblical <laughs> values and that happened over time until we got to this point where we're literally living in Sodom and Gomorrah and the and the and the scripture uh matthew 24 that tells us about the last days it it'll be like the days of noah and it'll be like the days of lot remember not to be remember lots wife you know that when that those days come run and don't ever look back but it is like those days that were just so corrupt um and societies become so decadent uh that we're we're inviting god's wrath on us yep I want to
0: come back to Cindy's comment up there that's yes. backed on our devotional, but let's let's tackle these really quick here. Like
1: Carrie New says, we have to vote based on biblical principles and silence is not acceptable. Absolutely. Yes. And Jan says, your article is excellent. Thank you. And this particular devotional tonight is really speaking to my heart. Thank you.
0: Funny you should say that.
1: Funny you should say that, Jen. And then
0: Cindy, although we're going to get to our other comments, says on this one. Yes, point.
1: Cindy, we're going to go back up to your other comment. Um, why do you think there was such a difference in the two churches? Well, the two churches represent the two competing viewpoints in, in Christendom, basically, especially in the West. And that's what I point out in the article, is one stems from the quiet, the pietist tradition, which is you know, we, uh, we are citizens of heaven. We don't interfere with the kingdom of the world because that's run by Satan. And we need to somehow shield ourselves from the corruption and the sin of the, of the world by separating. And so part of that separation means, you know, separating, means you're not involved. And so basically you let the whole thing collapse because we are not supposed to be a part of it. Uh, and that's just, that's, that's the fight, folks. And and then, I think that's the conflict in the churches. And then
0: suddenly it, it goes from not talking about political issues to not talking about the fact that there's only two genders, which is is a political issue, but it's also a lie.
1: No, no. I mean, it's a biblical issue. It's just a. It's a. Yeah. It's a biological issue. It's yeah. a biblical issue, <laughs> yeah. but not even having the guts to talk about that either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you're afraid they're gonna
1: uh, uh, alienate alienate
0: them. somebody or anger somebody, and they'll leave the church. And and Jack says, "Good, <laughs> leave the church. Right? <laughs> You'll open up in a parking space for somebody else." Um, and the worry also is financial, financial, and attendance. And so, uh, as they begin to worry about their bottom line and, and attendance and donors they begin to worry that we, about what it is they're going to say. It's like the businesses that suddenly become woke. They, they go,
1: oh, wait, we said something and now we got to. Right. After we, the, all the riots, the BLM yeah, riots and yeah. all of those things. All the-
0: and, and the exact opposite is what occurs. If, you were, if you're following anything at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, he, they had to go from three services on Sunday to four services on Sunday. And they exploded. 10,000 people showing up for every service, not in a day for every service and uh, overflow that was uh, amazing so the exact opposite was happening to calvary by speaking strongly for the bible and being
1: uh, and not just our churches churches all across yeah. the country that are extremely bold and that are packed and yeah. so that's just the lord and it's not just it's not the charisma of a pastor that's god's anointing on the people standing in the gap and worshiping and saying, God, if all we have is our moaning, um, please accept it from us. That, you know, that the uh, there's this amazing um, scripture in Ezekiel 9 where the Lord was telling um, the angels uh, that go around. He was about to decimate a town. And he said, but put a mark on the forehead of those who groan because of the abominations happening in the, in the land. And so he's then he put out a commandment to destroy everything. He said, women and children and babies, but do not touch those that had the mark. (laughs) I mean, that there's but if you if you invalidate the Old Testament, that that's not relevant to you. But when you believe that the Bible is the entirety of the Bible, then you realize, wow, I mean, why would God exclude um, if the Bible is timeless, which we believe it is, if the Bible applies, it's timeless because it's God's word. God doesn't, have, uh, it, God doesn't live in time. Uh, that if he were to do that back then, if he were to do it throughout thousands of years of history, why wouldn't he do it again? Right. God will not be mocked.
0: There's a few more comments I want to get to, but I don't want to miss out on Cindy's, uh, comment here, uh based on what we were talking about earlier. This is about
1: child rearing after you've um, made a couple of mistakes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. My grown oldest daughter has had a lot of anger at me. I let her vent her anger once and with no excuses, I apologized. And then I made a time to call her, text her daily to say I loved her and prayed a lot. (laughs) Lots of those on your knees crying (laughs) prayers. I'm sure. Uh, She stayed mad after a few years, and then she broke her leg, and I came and I served her, and that finally broke the barrier. And our relationship Mm -hmm. is not restored or now restored. It was hard, and it took time, but doing it God's way with love, repentance, and service, and being consistent and showing we are a new person in Christ. Yeah. Amen.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said. You can apologize. You can do a bunch of things. But if you're not showing that you are a new person, I mean, if you're not showing it the in your actions, not, not just with them. And this is what I, just in the time that I've known you, I see you show it not just in those moments. Right. It's in other things that happen. And I, there's, there's, even I mean, like even time the kids will, will like, will hold their breath and they'll go, oh, look at that. Like, I mean, people, we notice. Yeah, we notice. That. I mean, because we all have our things that make a, that. like when the kids say a bad word, it really makes me mad. Yeah. And I and I lose my cool. Yes. And but you've talked to me about it. And so I've kind of reduced it down a little bit. But I, I it doesn't mean that I still allow them to do it. No. It's just my my response to, to it. it. Yeah. <laughs> My delivery is better. It's all
1: about the delivery.
0: So you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it just has to trickle down, not trickle down economics because that really doesn't exist, but it has to trickle down to everything that happens. Yes. In in um, in the home, out of the home, when they're around, when they're not around. It's like, what do you do when people aren't around to see your actions? Right. Are your actions the same? And it has to be all, uh, all the time.
1: And Carrie's telling us, yes, I remember this. Somebody had mentioned this to me before. President Johnson. Yeah.
0: Is she that word?
1: Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, President Johnson is the one that enacted the um, mm. tax exemption and no politics in the church um, legislation. And actually, Jack, Pastor Jack Hayes purposely is challenging those laws. He wants to get sued. And so he literally sends his sermons to the IRS, getting them, trying to provoke them, and they never <laughs> take him up on it. Uh, so it's interesting, because a lot of those laws are not even enforced. It'll. We'll see what happens as we move forward. But Um, yeah, a lot of those laws now we're, we're thinking if they would ever be challenged in the Supreme court, they would fail.
0: Well, there's other churches that have been, you know, closed down during COVID and a bunch of other things and they, they sued and they've won
1: and they've won. And so it's, it's very
0: shaky as to whether it's constitutional or, um, whether they can do what they, they claim that they can do. They try, but, uh, it
1: hasn't been working. Was there anything up here that, no. I read those. And then uh, Iris' comment. I read an article tonight that every single state that the governor signed into law stricter abortion controls, that governor was reelected. That's amazing. See, that's God's hand. The author stated he felt that God God did it for them because they stood up against abortion. Amen. Hmm.
0: It's an interesting time. I mean, uh, as we, I know we mentioned Pastor Jack a lot, but I'm going to do it again. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just, Pastor Jack just says, this is an, am- he starts every sermon saying, this is an amazing time. This is awesome. You you should be like ecstatic that you're able to see God's uh, prophetic word um, being shown to you every time you wake up in the morning and listen to the news. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was going to be Famine,
1: like Famine, pestilence, <laughs> debauchery.
0: Oh. Sodom and Gomorrah. We're living it, um, and he says, "You know, this is a, history a great repeats time. itself." Yeah, it's
1: awesome. Because you know, you read about the um, homosexuality, the rampant homosexuality, whether it's in Corinth or uh, also the adultery, the fornication in the temples. There's nothing new under the sun, right? And God yeah. even said that in the Bible: "There's nothing new under the sun. There is no sin that is not already known." You know, so it's just, it just repeats itself. We're not doing anything newer or different than people have always done. Yep. And it's just, and God has repeatedly warned against um, the abominations that are against God.
0: So just before we leave, I want to, um, I want to tell people about the thing that we haven't been telling them. And that is that uh, pastor Jack asked us to teach in his school. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yes, we're, we're our class honored. was announced, so, yes. So
0: honored that he just said, hey, contact this person, we, uh, we we think you guys might have a place in the school. And we ended up having a talk. And- uh,
1: We're teaching a class for teaching. Liberty Ed. Yes. So we're really excited, please pray for us. What's it called? Uh, the school, or what's the name of the class? Yep, yeah, the name of the class. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> how to prepare for a career in law enforcement.
0: Yeah, so we'll be teaching together which is going to be awesome. Yes. And, uh, we'll be teaching high schoolers that that's about the high, high school age yep. children about, um, uh, life in law enforcement and I'll be putting them through some scenarios, um, as if they're the the police officer. And then we'll have actors acting like bad guys or domestic violence calls or what have you. Nice. It'll be very interesting. You'll be talking about, what are some of the things that
1: I'm you... going to give the history of Islamic terrorism and domestic terrorism and, mm-hmm. Probably give them a refresher on like why they're saying these things about um, domestic terrorism nowadays, yep. like turning that against uh, conservatives, but also the the history of Islamic terrorism and what it would be like to have a career in that in that field.
0: We're talking about ethics and uh, yes, how to apply the physical law. discipline. Yep, testifying in court.
1: Testifying in court very important.
0: Seems to be my expertise right now since I've been doing it for thirty years testifying in court
1: yes um are we gonna bring any dogs to train
0: we might bring a dog <laughs> we might
1: <have> to find, <laughs> i might have to find a
0: dog and what are you
1: talking about we got a dog that uh instagram famous oh uh, yeah <laughs> are you kidding
0: Yeah, so we get bruce uh, bruce, bruce, bruce had to bring his dog yeah um I, and i think the most important thing and eddie and i uh, actually i think we had the same epiphany um is that Right now, law enforcement is in deep, deep trouble, and I've done a couple shows of this on the, the Andy Falco show, talking about the the issue. Isn't necessarily for me. They talk about uh, defunding law enforcement. It, it's it's not necessarily a money thing. Now, they, of course, we need money for training, we need money for officers. tools and, and and that kind of stuff, and officers. But the what has happened, the the morale. most significant thing that has happened is that morale morale has sunk. And the guys that have been around the guys that even I maybe worked with, um, are now they've retired early and left. And some of them that weren't ready for retirement just flat out quit because we knew it, a, a, a law enforcement, a period of law enforcement that was honorable and fun. And the people and, loved and, you and the people liked us for the most part, yeah. the bad guys didn't like, well, some of the bad guys even like this, but, um, it completely it changed. Respect. And it was just, it was just not, it was horrible. If you if you worked in the time where it was a you know a respected uh, profession, and suddenly you weren't respected, you, they left. And so now what we have are a bunch of officers that are you know maybe five years or less less on the force, and um, just don't have the experience. And and then and,
1: they end up being part of that indoctrination yep. too. They're part of the woke generation that were taught those wonky things in school, and you know.
0: Yeah. So that so that being said, what I, I that we hope what we hope to do uh, as we're teaching is to um, to to teach them about bringing their biblical um, background and, and belief values. in God and values to the force um, yes. and to because it's going to be a struggle. Um, it'll be easy for some of these young officers who don't have a mentor that have been that has that's been around to lead them on the right path. It'll be so easy for them to slip into a place of laziness, of um, cutting corners, and maybe even accepting bribes. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll be so easy because the I had some great mentors that led me down a a, a good path. That no matter what happened, it, the integrity of the of the position of being law enforcement was the most important thing, no matter what. And so I had some great ones. There were guys that were not that great and we knew to stay away from them, but it was only because of the good mentors that we knew that which ones to stay away from. These guys don't have that. Those guys are all have all retired and they're gone. And so I worry about what's going to happen. This is, we've only seen the beginning of the uh, um, the problems that we're going to have in law enforcement for some period, uh, a period of time. yuvaldi uh, I, I could, I predicted was going to happen. Something like that had to happen because we didn't have anybody around that was going to be, Able to lead a team of men uh and women uh to take down that shooter um the way that he should have been taken down. No, there was nobody there that had the everybody now is so
1: concerned about public opinion yep. and social media and being videotaped. They're like, wait a minute, I don't want this to be like, oh my god, what if the intruder's black and then they're gonna tell me that I'm racist and yep. all this craziness instead of like, wait, no, there's somebody with a gun. And I don't care what color the guy is with the gun but he's shooting at kids, you know, it's just, it's horrible. It's horrible the way we've turned this into a race war.
0: So we'll we'll make a a dent to start. And then hopefully I just have, I have a good feeling about it. I think that there's something that can be done with this. And uh, there's other law enforcement officers that are now retired that I think have the same feeling that I have. I've talked to a few and go, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. As a matter of fact, the other day we at at breakfast time ran into a a friend of mine and he goes, yeah, he goes, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Well uh, so we're,
0: we're we're in deep trouble. Uh so thank you. We're um wow, we got a lot of comments there. Go
1: ahead. Uh so carrie saying her pastor has become is Pastor Jack because she's homebound. That's fantastic. Can't <laughs> go wrong with that. Yeah, good job. And Zindy says she hates waking up to the news. It's crazy times. Start with God's word first. Yes, I yeah. start with worship music because I just I need to I need to start with God. <laughs> And she Sunny says, Congratulations. And she's gonna be praying for us. And that it's hard to find integrity anywhere these days, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And she carries to church. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) And Jan wants to take our class. So you may have to sit in these little kitty seats, Jan. (laughs) (laughs) It's high school. I don't think they have kitty seats.
0: Uh, And then Carrie (laughs)
1: says, Many of us still appreciate our police, but the woke could ruin our society. Oh, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying, but we're not going to let them. At least we're going to suit up and show up and say so God can say this is my son or daughter with whom I am well pleased. Right. You know, okay. we're looking for our rewards in heaven. I love this. And he carries
0: what do you carry? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I'm going to guess it's a nine millimeter. That's my guess. Uh, semi automatic in a in a uh, purse holster that she wears around her waist and probably flops open. Oh yeah, you think so? That's what I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes!
0: (laughs) Of course. Is there that or uh, like a a 380? But I I, I could have guessed it was a 9-1. Oh, now I gotta guess what uh, type of gun. I would say probably a Glock.
1: Mm. Glock to protect the flock. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's good. Wow, Schnokes. You know what? God, <laughs> God, you know what else God gave you besides peace what? and love? What? A sense of humor.
1: Oh, well, that's you've you. You been so funny. That's from you. <laughs> I never had one before. Sorry I keep rubbing my eye, but I still have this eye problem, so <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a clock. Oh,
1: 357 old school. Oh, yeah. mm. I used to have a 357 6-inch barrel like Clint Eastwood. I loved that gun. And then I mistakenly put it in my suitcase, and it got confiscated. That was before 9-11, oh. before you get arrested for having a, a gun in your suitcase. <laughs> it just got confiscated, and I was supposed Ooh. to go down and pick it up, and I never did.
0: Yeah, I'm a 45 guy. I had a 45 long Colt, which is a revolver, and it's huge.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like 357.
0: You point it at somebody, and they could see the bullet inside the little chambers <laughs> yeah. uh, and then went through a 35 or oh my gosh a 45 uh, semi-automatic uh, six hour p220
1: uh cindy's saying about my uh oh I oh yeah the flu that horrible flu that's going around oh goodness uh god give you um healing and restore your health because a lot of people that's taken a lot of people out it's a lot of people hospitalized in orange county for yeah. the flu it's pretty bad
0: Iris says she picked up her gun today.
1: Oh, how exciting! That's always fun.
0: Nice little snub nose, and she's and
1: accurate. She's accurate. <laughs> good for you, Gary.
0: <laughs> good for you.
1: Good for you. <laughs> I like that. I like the women, Gary. You now, the good thing
0: about being a, a pastor is that you have that podium you can rest your arms on, like and get, really? Really get you know, <laughs> if you know somebody in the back back row. Hey, you.
1: <laughs> None of this not that nonsense. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Anything else, Schnooks? Now it. that we've gone on to a discussion of weapons, what kind yeah, of weapons I think we're, we're I think we're good. Got my new. Our watch. weapons
1: of our warfare are not carnal, <laughs> but spiritual. For pulling down strongholds.
0: How funny is that? Uh, all right, well, you, you need to tell them about uh, the. Hi.
1: Uh, it's the Christian Podcast yeah. Network, yes. and we are members. We would love it if you would subscribe. It'd be awesome. Uh, it'd be truly a blessing. It's edifi.app.
0: And Mike says, Michael says, Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. That's awesome.
0: Thank you. We're excited. We appreciate it. Yeah, we would um, appreciate it, all the prayers that you have for us that we uh, put together a good curriculum
1: and uh, inspire young people yeah. to serve. Yeah. That's what we want to do.
0: <laughs> it's got a little. My feelers just kind of hit me. Oh,
1: it's a big deal to us. We, yeah. we cherish the idea of serving and to serve the country, to serve our communities. And um, hopefully our passion will come across to them and will inspire them to do the same. Absolutely.
0: All right, my friends, we love you guys.
1: God bless. God Have bless. a great night. Take care. Bye. Bye.